everyone. Welcome back to our newest episode of Relative Pitch. Uh, we are so excited to be joined by the amazing composer, Katash Copley. Hello, Katash. How are you? Doing great. How about y'all? Good. Oh, we living are life. There. Living life. I guess day by day, as I feel like we've been doing for the past two years in a pandemic, but not a pandemic type of thing. So. Uh huh. So you know, really, like, how are you? How is everything? I know you're in like grad, your graduate program right now. How is that going? It's going great. Um, yeah, Austin. I'm at UT Austin, and it's just every day something new. Like, mm-hmm. it's just new sounds from where I was originally. Like, my program didn't have strings, and so now all of a sudden, I'm hearing all the string. Um, string works, percussion works that are just out there. And it's just a lot of things. And luckily that just like enhances my color palette and also working with um, Professor Thomas and Mm -hmm. having that, um, that mentorship to just enrich my compositions. It honestly was the best decision that I think I've done for me in composition. And I don't regret it. Wow. So can you tell us a little bit about your background, how you got there? You know, what really kind of inspired you to be in music? Yeah. So um, I think my the beginning of my inspiration or my road to music started in. I want to say around ninth grade. And yeah, and it's, it's literally a story about just me. Um, in ninth grade, uh, my family um, and I were going through tough times, really tough times. Mm-hmm. And um, as me being young and always having it like a weight on my shoulder to help my family, I felt like it was my fault that we were in bad times. Because um, mm-hmm. A, I wanted to stay at the same school that I wanted to be at, which meant more money for them. And it, it just got really bad for us to the point of um, dealing with homelessness and just poverty. Um, for me, that brought me down a lot um, mentally. Um, I started going through depression um, at a very young age. And um, around my sophomore year, um, I started shutting myself away from everyone, just pushing everyone out. And it was, um, it wasn't good. And, um, there were some very dark times with that. And I was luckily enough to get away from that. Um, because my band director, during my junior year brought in the idea of chamber music. And at that time, I really didn't care what I was going to do because I felt like there was no light at the end of the tunnel for me. Mm. But um, a few of my friends, we had to do it um, for a grade. So we're like, okay, we're a last minute group. What are we going to do? Mm. And the last minute group was me on tenor saxophone, another tuba player, uh, clarinet, two alto saxophones. And at the time, there was no flex band pieces. So we had to do something. And I said, let me 
arrange something. No, I don't know what told me to do it. I don't know what energy. I was like, I'm just going to arrange like a Freddie Mercury, Queen, Bohemian Rhapsody, just like the beginning of it. And even though that wasn't my piece, I felt though I was able to release my emotions on paper. I was able to make that piece my own and it was just a weird energy that I wanted. I was finally able to tell something. I, at the time, was not good with words, but for me, I didn't need to be good at words. Music was my communication. Music was the thing that led me to be able to tell stories that I wanted to tell, my own stories. And when we did the concert, it was, it felt, um, it felt, I couldn't ex explain it. It just felt right. And that's when I knew I was like, yeah, we're starting like, this is, this is it. And so with that group, we started doing things outside of the um, the concert. We started just like rehearsing together and I would just um, arrange like random, random songs that we thought were cool. And so eventually we had like a catalog of 25 songs in a year. And when we went to do another chamber ensemble concert, my West Georgia composition professor was at the um, the concert. He saw me. He invited me to go audition for West Georgia, and the rest is history. Wow. Your story um, really just, we always talk about how music can, you know, change lives and really provide some type of you know, um, safe space. And your story really just speaks on that. And I'm so glad that music became your your refuge. It is so good that it, it did that. And you, you write some great things. And I bet that Bohemian Rhapsody was amazing. <laughs> Sounds amazing. I just, I just love the story. And then the part about the chamber music, just it pulled at my heart even extra. Because that's like, all I do and it's my favorite thing in the world exactly. and just like I had a similar like music being a safe space and being a refuge for me and in my early training I was like I am I'm all for this right now and I'm so glad that it was there for you and that can just like everybody music is a safe space like that is what is here to do it's healing it's to get our anger out it's to let us divulge all of our emotions <clears throat> into a piece of plumbing sometimes mm -hmm. and make beautiful music and just like get every emotion out and share something with the audience, even though they don't know what's going on, but you can share that type of emotion. And it's very interesting that we're going back to the chamber ensemble um, aspect. That's something that we talk about a lot on here and talk about how powerful and how and um, significant chamber ensemble music for young musicians actually can be, but how that's usually something that isn't done as much. Um, thankfully, I was in a program, I think like, but I think at least Michael, um, who we were able to do chamber ensemble music at a very young age, and that really inspired um, a lot of individuality and like creative, like creatism or creativity in a very young, at a very young age, because chamber ensemble is very different, obviously. Anybody who's doing chamber ensemble music versus large ensemble, you have to kind of connect more with the people who you're around. Um, and it's always so interesting to see 
um, how how they the the kids tend to do that whenever it's like okay well conduct yourselves or you you know you explain the concept of chamber music there's no conductor usually sometimes there is but if there's no conductor how do you connect with each other you know um, and it has the same overlying principle that music is connectivity music is connection it brings people together even brings someone back whole <laughs> sometimes you know there are a lot of broken people who go to music um, and and it and it's heals them and it soothes them and um it's it's a beautiful story and i'm I, it's so great to hear about how music can really change lives um and it's beautiful and so thank you for sharing that with us something i had a, i always look at double major musicians a little crazily anthony um because i'm like how in the world when like composition it's not like you did like two lighter load things you did composition and education like how did you balance doing both of those at the same time um that's a great question um <laughs> answer <laughs> um for me composition um like the music education was a thing that I had to work on as a job, as a craft. For me, composition was the kind of hobby that I had of just um, breaking in and just writing. Cause like back in high school with the chamber ensemble, I was able to write at a very fast pace, which meant that when I was finally able to write for my own pieces, um, I could literally write really fast and get it edited like pretty quick. So like composition was like the thing that I went to for whenever I felt, um, whenever I felt like I needed to say something or speak my mind. So really composition was like the hobby that I needed until it was time to like actually finish the degree aspect. But at that point I had already had enough stuff to do two whole recitals. So composition was, is a part of me like that. Music education, I wanted to, the reason why I went into music education was to give back the inspiration that I was given. Mm -hmm. And that's tough because like, when you're in your field, you want to, you're, you're hungry and you want more and more and more. But for me, I wanted to give back the same inspiration that I got because if I had not gotten that inspiration, I would not be there or I would not be at school. So for me, that was the drive to get through everything. It's like, I'm not doing this just for me. I'm doing this for a future kid who has probably never heard of a composition or has never seen a black composer mm. or has never seen a black music educator. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I'm here for something else that's bigger than me. So when I thought about that during um, school, and yeah, it was, it was difficult, but it's it was bigger than me. It was always bigger than me. And so that was the, that was one of the drives that um, pushed me um, as going, going into the double major. That is, um, I feel that a hundred percent. That's the reason why I am teaching right now. And I've always said that. Um, I, I've always said that I want to be the person that I didn't have, or I didn't see, I never saw a black band director 
until years after, until I actually, you know, I maybe saw, you know, at a competition, maybe one, or maybe when I was at Allstate, I saw one, but I never had that. And so I said, you know, what? I want to change that because when you don't see yourself as a reflection, you don't think it's possible. Like if I don't see a black conductor, how am I supposed to know that's possible for me if I don't see that? And so that has always been my mission to be that change. It's way bigger than just me or you or Lauren or my whoever. We we have to be that change. And um, I wanna ask you, how is it, um, having a black mentor now um, as a composition teacher, like a person who has garnered a lot of success as a black composer, as just a composer in general, who happens to be black. How, how is that? How is that for you? Honestly, one of the driving forces of me being at UT, that was, that was the for like one of the forces, not only just the faculty, but just because he was there and I saw someone I wanted to be or I want to reach mm -hmm. and aspire to be. Um, so being in like his presence or being in, in a room with him, he takes up the energy and it's amazing. It's like, I want to get like that. Mm -hmm. I want to be like that. Cause now I finally have um, something that I can look up to mm -hmm. um, that is almost like my same story. Mm -hmm. Now I have role models before, but they are not a hundred percent me. Like mm -hmm. they're not, maybe they're half of my story, but he had, he has to go through the same struggles that I have to go through. Mm. And that, um, and not only is he going through the struggles, he's overcoming them. Yes. And he's achieving mass success. Mm -hmm. So it's like, it teaches me not to give up, even though there are some times where I do feel like, you know, maybe I'll just take a year off of composition or maybe I'll just like breathe for a little bit. No, it's just like seeing this person go to different conferences, still being himself, but being, I guess himself times 10. Yeah. It's inspiring. And it's something that I, wanted and now that i finally got i have to use my time with this person just to have to maximize the learning have to maximize the the experience so i something that we talk about a little bit um is the black struggle in classical music or classical music, the music that we are doing. Um, because some people, when I say that, they, they're like, what struggle? You know, like they'll look at like, what struggle do you have? I'm sorry. Um, the fact that the majority of the time, we have to work 10 times harder, but still two steps behind. Like that's a, a endless struggle that we have as black musicians or just going into a room and being one of one, being the only one in the room and being looked over for multiple times. So it is amazing that you have a mentor who has been in those rooms before 
and who has still come out on the top. And, I, and I'm looking at your career as well. Like your music is being performed everywhere, everywhere. And, I, and I'm just so proud and just so happy to see the success that you are having because it is completely, um, you earned it, you're worth it. And it is just amazing. And I just wanna say thank you as a black educator, really being a, a model for all the black children coming up in band or choir or, you know, that is like, well, I don't know if I can be a composer. Yes. The answer is yes. Yes, mm -hmm. you can. So thank you very much for just, just being who you are. And to piggyback off of that, <clears throat> like discovering your music, as I've already emailed you and you, I owe you another email. Um, <laughs> uh anthony showed me your music and after like learning about it and listening to it i'm like yeah no one can say that oh new music don't exist is not good oh like shut up like get out of my face like actually face get out of it like please because i was just like i'm listening to this and i'm like i need this arranged for me i want to do that on a recital i'm like i'm loving this i'm like if i go and teach like some high school brass stuff i'm like i can use that we can take that and it'll be different. It's something their ears have never heard before wrapped around their tonality instead of some JS Bach. Um, <laughs> so, you know, just saying, um, but like, it's like it, you're, you're creating this field, creating great music and good music and people need to see that. And it's just great that you are being one of those composers who's like new music is good. Stop saying it is not. Mm -hmm. adding myself three years ago. <laughs> True. True. And one of the questions I had, because this is always so interesting to me, um, is like, how, how does it feel now to see your works actually being performed by so many groups and institutions and organizations? Like, it's, I'm sure it's so different from, you know, initially when you just began, you know, arranging and composing and just thinking, may not have even thought it would get to this point and here you are, like, how does it feel? It feels very, very, very good. It also feels very, very weird. Um, I just remember um, when I was like writing my first composition, just being in my room and just like, okay, this will work, or maybe this will work, maybe it's not. So most of my compositions are made from literally me sitting on my bed and just hashing out like ideas or different memories that I uh, remember or stories that I want to tell. And all of a sudden they end up being world premieres. I'm like, that's, that's crazy. I, um, <laughs> it's, it's just weird thinking about like at a time or there's a time where this piece didn't exist and now it exists and now it's in a repertoire and it's somebody's, it could be somebody's favorite piece or mm -hmm. something like that. It's just a weird feeling, but it's also a good feeling because um, writing for me is literally me telling stories that um, that I want to tell. And I use composition kind of like a diary, me telling um, experiences of, um, or people who inspired me and to have my story, like a personal story now, not personal on a piece of paper, shipped off to somewhere else mm -hmm. so that somebody else can interpret the story. Um, it's just a weird feeling. I treat my compositions like I treat, um, um, I, I call my compositions my children because they are 
something from me. Um, they grow. I, I grow with them and then I send them away to grow with other people. Mm. Um, so I might get like this composition, a completely different um, view or a completely different way, but it's my kid. I love them. So seeing my kids go off to different places, it's weird, but I love it. And I feel humbled to just even be played. Um, at a time where I didn't think, okay, maybe no one's gonna, I'm just doing this for fun. And then all of a sudden it just happened. Um, there was a connection within other ensembles and other people. And I just felt like that was, that was great. Every time I hear of something like being played, I'm like, oh, wow. Just the, the motion is just grateful, but sometimes it's a little weird. So, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's really cool because we have friends who are now, you know, we're, well, me and Michael are in grad school. Anthony is, we're all seeing our friends who are going out into the profession and who are getting recognized for things. And it's, it is weird. Um, I have like a old high school classmate who is like on a Netflix show and like, it's a very weird. It's, <laughs> and I think about it, I'm thinking like, is she keeping like her mental health straight? Like with all that's going on? Cause you know, what, what comes with fame a lot of times comes with also like high criticism and like speculation and all, you know, people really digging into you. And so whenever I see like, see colleagues and friends who are getting to that point, you know, part of me is always just kind of like, keep them, keep them Jesus. Like, just, you know, like just hold them because I know how, I know how much that can be. Um, not only just that, but like Anthony, you know, went back to talking about the black struggle. And that is something we talk about a lot on here because it does affect us very heavily. And a part of that go also goes into like, or a part of that goes into that is imposter syndrome. And we talk about significantly um, and like you coming from the program that you did that inspired all this creativity and everything and helped you pursue all your education. I'm just very happy that even in a, the thing about it is even if you did, you know, have your about with um, imposter syndrome, obviously you came out on the other side, or even if it's something you're currently dealing with, like it seems as if you are still able to to push through it. And I um, I commend you because it's something I struggle with, I still struggle with um, to this day, is wondering like if the spaces I'm in are meant for me and if I'm supposed to be doing this. And I guess it always goes back to the bigger picture, right? Of thinking it's not just about me being here but it's about the people who are going to come after me who look like me wanting them to have a very different experience um, that I have. So, so thank you for being one of our pioneers within um, composition. Cause we need you. We, mm -hmm. we need, we need you where you are. So thank you. And how does it feel like it, I'm pretty sure it's very weird that, you know, you'll hear things like you're a pioneer for black composers, like, and it's funny because when we say that, it's like, it's 2021 and we are still needing pioneer Black composers in, in this type of music. How does that feel for you? Like you said, it feels weird, but um, it's... Um, to be a pioneer, it's um, interesting because I'm like 23. I never thought that I'd be a pioneer, um, but um, this whole journey has been been very interesting. There, 
sadly, even though I am 23, I do have moments of not doubt, but like the idea of criticism is mm -hmm. all, I mean, it's fine for me. However, um, I want to, I want to be the pioneer for people to break out of this current stage of criticism that I had to deal with and allow me to tell a story about this. Um, so, um, this summer, um, a, a good friend of mine, um, who saw my growth from literally level zero to where I am now, um, wanted me to, um, to write a piece. He was going to commission me to write a piece for this group that he works with. Um, I don't remember the name of the, yeah, I'm not going to name drop them here, but, um, <laughs> this group, um, in, in the area, um, in the Georgia area. And, um, I was like, cool. Uh, let me what do you guys want me want, want me to write about he said um can it be a fanfare to celebrate um their anniversary of their creation i said awesome so immediately i'm thinking of memories of just triumph that i've gone through in life i was like okay let's do this piece let's talk about this let's use these colors and let's blend this into something that both parties would enjoy so I'm doing the prepping of it for like a week. I was like, this is the longest I've ever had to prep on something. Something's not right. There's something within me that's not right. Okay. Then the next week, I'm like, still prepping. I'm like, okay, maybe I just need to take a break. And I get an email um, from, the, um, from the person. He said, hey, I still want to do the commission, just not with this group. And I'm like, okay. So then he proceeded to tell me about um, their um, their president or I guess their creator or whatever you want to call them, um, basically looking at my work and um, saying no because of um, the pieces that I wrote. Um, and the two pieces that I wrote were called Unspoken and Breathe. Those two pieces deal with, um, first of all, Breathe deals with my original reaction to the death of George Floyd. Mm. And Unspoken deals with the same topic, but it's used for younger bands. And it goes through the five stages of grief because kids do not know what the five stages of grief are. So can we teach them about how to grieve? He went through the entire website um, to just find those two pieces. And the review that I got from that was, irrespective of Mr. Copley's compositional talents, um, a quick review of his website showed red flags as he has written pieces um, about events not pertaining to music that have caused a significant, significant rift amongst the people of this nation. Mm. And That was the second time that I was blacklisted Ooh. within a year. That one, once the second time happened, I was like, wow, you're willing to go. And he, and the guy even went further and saying, if you choose to do this, I'll resign, something like that. I'm like, oh, wow, that's crazy. And then 
that was the second time. The first time was the one that hurt the most, I think, because it was the same piece and the school was all on board for this piece. And the child was very excited for this piece because they, I was going to work with the group and just um, be a face of like, yeah, we can do this. Or yeah, young composer um, can write good stuff. Um, she tells her parents, her mother, not very happy with a piece of unspoken, goes above the band director, the principal, to the board of education, mm-hmm. causes a whole um, angry like rant, get blacklisted from that um, school. Wow. And his school's in somewhere in the, somewhere south. Um, forgot the state. What's the state? I believe Florida or something like that. Um, yeah, so blacklisted there. And that one hurt because it was the drive that I had to be an educator and a composer to give some ki- um, to give a kid that inspiration to to do things. And then someone else of more power took that away from them. So um, yeah, I want, I hope that no one has to deal with that um, and allow me to be that person who had to deal with it. I hope it doesn't happen again for others. And just to learn, just to do that. Because at first I was, it hurt me, the first one. The second one, I walked off with stride because I knew who I was as a person. Like, I'm going to write the music that I feel is important. I'm going to write the music that I feel is has a story that not only impacts me, but impacts the world around them. I'm not going to write about pieces that don't mean anything. I'm going to write pieces that deal with either things about me or things about the world or things that I just wonder about. Um, so just writing heavy, heavy topics, because that's how I feel. Um, that's how I feel music can express topics that cannot be expressed through words and can give other perspectives. So just because I was blacklisted twice doesn't mean that I'm going to stop writing music. So I want to push that idea of go past hate Mm -hmm. and still reach that goal of something that's bigger than you. Talk about the black struggle. Um, that that's what we we deal with, um, and it's so this rhetoric that music, when the writing about something that does not deal with music, hold on, oh exactly, because is music not just a reflection of the times that we're in? Ooh, exactly. So how dare you? You don't know to whoever that person was. You don't know what you're talking about. What? Because music has always been a reflection of what is going on from the inception of it. So how how dare you? And the only reason they said that is because they were on the opposing side of that issue and they think it's a political issue. No, there are Black people dying in these streets that 
are completely innocent. And now we want to make that a political issue. You know, I'm, I'm enraged. We have been talking about this same issue for years upon years. And this, there's this, this just well, people, I can't, I can't. It's just like, that is what music has been used for. I mean, you can look at the two of our biggest pieces like one of our biggest pieces in the Wind Band repertoire, Music for Prague, is literally written about a life event of invading Prague. And then you have the piece, another piece, Adolphus Hellstork's America Guernica. That's also written about a life event. Like music has always been that. And especially in the Wind Band repertoire, we've had a lot of pieces like that. And it's just like this person has no idea what they are talking about not even the faintest like look you can even look at popular culture music that's literally around what we do every single day like if she listens to country that's what they do she listens to rock that's about like literally there is no music that is just written about not what's going on it's the same I bet that same person is listening to like the Beatles or something like that and like a if you listen to their actual stuff, you would understand that it was very anti-war and all this stuff going on. So I'm just, is it because it's a black issue yes. you have the problem with? Yes, yes, yes. It's always that, right? Because you think go back to Quartet for the End of Time, go back to Shostakovich Leningrad, um, just like go back to uh, Beethoven Three. you know, it's supposed to be what, Napoleona, then it got changed and everything. So like, now it's eroica like all of the things all this music that was created that we have within our repertoire now and all the music that is being created is because of something occurring or something occurring at the time so whenever someone brings up the argument that music is supposed to be um it's not supposed to be like heavy or it's not supposed to be this i i don't i can't understand that perspective because that's just whenever it's just false <laughs> like i'm sorry like i i can't understand like dishonesty um and whatever way that people have been viewing music or putting it on a very like sh a shelf basically and that has become a thing with classical music a lot is people just look at it all oh, so pretty look vivaldi spring like it's so great that's not that's not at least the music that i'm about and not the music that i want to perform and that i want to listen to is music that's on a shelf and that's untouchable and that you can't tap into the energy that was going on during that time mm -hmm. so it's a it's an irrelevant and just just inaccurate viewpoint of music and anyone who opposes music that is being written about current times is someone who is not admitting about what is currently happening in society mm -hmm. that's all i gotta say about it mm -hmm. I, I'm just, you know, but I'm so glad that you are strong to say, I'm going to keep going. I'm going to continue to write. I'm going to continue to speak on these issues um, because that is what's needed. It's what's needed. And let me just tell you, if they ain't going to perform it, well, hell, I will. So you, they can go on about their business, but I best believe it will be performed at any moment. So uh, move on. Like, whoever those people, move on. You're not hurting nobody. Go on about your business. Go on about your business. I mean, it was just like, yeah, it was just the band director was like, I'm really sorry about this. And I was like, oh, I understand. 
it's not your decision. It's the board's decision, and it was that female's decision to do that. Um, but fun fact: that person does not um, work there anymore. So I wonder why. Yeah. yeah, and then the other person is not um, the person who wanted the commission, who gave, um, whose president gave me the um, fantastic review. It's so fantastic that I have a wall of um, bad reviews to keep myself, to remind myself to keep going. Um, um, he left that group. And a lot of people left that group due to that. So, mm-hmm. well, I'm glad that the whole ensembles or the people who are in the music, the people who are within the music groups, understand the stories and understand that um to just those people who said that or who said those things to not know who i am first of all not even have a conversation with me not even having a email or a bad angry email i mean when i was student teaching of course i had bad emails but as a composer you don't get that mm-hmm. um and you to, to actually put anger inside like a 50 year old person or a 60 year old person at the age of 23 it's it's interesting, but yeah, we just keep going. Hmm. <laughs> keep pushing on. Keep pushing on. You know what? When we finally change the repertoire, and I'm saying it because I know it's going to happen, when we change the standards of what we, you know, what is now our standard repertoire, our canon, and these people have to play this music, oh, I can't wait. I can't mm-hmm. wait. I, I know it's going to be a, a, a temper tantrum from across the world because they're playing the music that they should have been playing to begin with. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just can't wait for that. Just not even for that, but for the people, for those, the, the kids, the underrepresented groups that are within music to see themselves reflected more within the music they play within the ensembles they are in. That is such a powerful thing. And it's representation and visibility is major it's major because yeah if you are affirmed every day that the spaces you're in you're supposed to be there you're way more likely to stay in it right that's why that's why there are certain people who are make up way more of the population of our field than others um and it's we have to we're sticking it through and it's um you know it's, it's hard it's a hard life but you know, having mentors who we have seen who are way older than us, who have gone through it at worse times than we did because, right, they're older. They went through it at a very different point. Seeing them, seeing how they survive, seeing where they are now, that's an inspiration enough, I think, to myself, I know for sure, to keep going and keep pushing so that the next generation after us are not having, you know, they're going to be having these conversations. It's not going to go away. Obviously, we have seen our his- the history of this country and this universe and this world. Um, it's not going to go away like that, but we can make it better. Um, and you are a part of that conversation, um, as we will keep repeating. And as people know from your work and everything you do, um, is that you are a huge part of that conversation now. And so we thank you because you're doing the work that we that inspires us to keep doing and doing the things that we do. So um, we just, I I thank you. And um, we just wish you the best on your journey and everything that we know. You're so young, so am I, but it's fine. <laughs> like well, you have, that means you have so much ahead of you. Um, and I'm just excited to see like in God knows, oh God, 10 years from now, what in the world where our field look like, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, yeah, I agree with every single thing. It's just so amazing to see you just succeeding um, in this field where not all the time we are respected. We are, you know, looked at as equals. And just to see that you are still knocking down all those walls and just doing great things is just amazing to see. Um, and one thing um, before we end that I just want to read to the people and it's on your uh, website, but I, when I read this, I was like, oh my gosh, yes. Um, you said, music for me has always been this impactful thing in my life. It can soothe, it can enrage, it can quiet, and it can invoke emotions that are beyond me and this world we live in. I believe that music is the ultimate source of freedom and imagination, and the most freedom I have had as a musician was through composing. Composition is like me opening my heart and showing the world my drive, my passion, and my soul. I'm so glad that you are sharing your story, your passion, and your soul with us, because we feel it, we love to see it, and we will always be here to support you no matter what. Thank you, thank you. You will never be blacklisted from relative pitch, I can promise you. What's the opposite never. of blacklisted? Like, <laughs> but whatever that is, we will uplift you in whatever ways that we possibly can, um, and so. Thank you so much. Um, you guys, please go check out his music. It's amazing, amazing, amazing works. Um, so much amazing things to, to look out for. Look at all the amazing things he's doing, um, going out for. And uh, we hope you have a great year at UT Austin. All of our uh, relative pitch friends who are over there and um, audience, hope you enjoyed. And we'll see y'all next week. Bye. Bye. -bye.